Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. What's so, that I hear, Tyler? Is that improved sound quality? Well, I think so. And as longtime listeners know, when we have the better sound quality, that means we have uh, a guest. Or in this case, guests. That's right. We've got two of them. So our guests are uh, Aaron Katz and uh, Andrew Reed. That's Andrew Reed. Yeah. His friends call him Drew. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, are, are we the uh, the first uh, multiple guests? That you've had? First, right? Yeah, yes. two guests. So, um, uh, congratulations, Aaron directed and uh, Reed. Actually, his friends call him Reed. So if I refer to him as Reed, and that's why uh, Reed shot a film called Quiet City, which uh, will be out um, like the day after this episode goes up, uh, January twenty. Yeah, January twenty eighth. Oh. Which we, we actually just checked a calendar, and January twenty eighth is a is a Monday. Is that is that right? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the twenty ninth. It's the twenty ninth. Right, well, <laughs> well, this episode case. will go up on the twenty eighth. Yeah, because our episodes go up on Mondays. Long time listeners know that too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, well, let's start off with a little uh, getting to know you guys. Uh, how do you? Where'd you guys? Did you guys meet? Did you guys know each other before Quiet City and whatnot? <clears throat> yeah, we did. We went to school together at North Carolina School of the Arts. Um, I graduated in two thousand four. And I graduated in 2006. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we uh, got to know each other, um, I guess, uh, through uh, between summer, uh, the summer between my third year and my fourth year, and I guess your first and second year. Between my first and second year, yeah. Yeah, we both worked in the uh, archives um, at, uh, at the school um, in the projection booth, and so we got to know each other uh, there. And uh, yeah. Actually, um, specifically the way that we met was about halfway through the summer i became homeless <laughs> and um had, living in had, a storage unit yes in fact. <laughs> um I, all my possessions were was it were, air conditioned it was it was a oh, climate control good. storage unit and i i actually had a small uh locker that i was filled with with all of my possessions at the time so but because i rented that locker i had 24-hour access to the place and i would just go and Spend my my free time hanging out in, in, in empty uh, empty storage lockers that that were not locked. Um, Hang on, let me. I, I'm I'm filing through my own memories to see if I can think of something more sad. <laughs> and you know when I can't, that is the saddest well, that, thing I've ever heard. Did you sleep there? Well, that's well? when uh, I, ha- I I did occasionally. Yeah. Huh? No, um, see, but, that's but, the, but then okay. uh, you know Aaron Katz uh, came to my rescue and like we, we worked together in the. I was. The reason I stayed in North Carolina, even though I didn't have a place to live, is because I was working in the, the film archives there, as was Aaron. And so that's when we first met, and he offered me uh, an empty bed that was in his, uh, in his house every once in a while. So I would go and crash there um, a couple times, and, that's, and uh, we were friends ever since. Yep. Oh, how about that? <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk about Quiet City then. What's it, what's it about? How did it come to be? Uh, it came to be uh, because, uh, well, to give a little bit of history... Um, I uh, made a film called Dance Party USA. Uh, we shot in uh, 2004. Reed, Reed uh, didn't shoot it, but uh, was gaffer in AC. Right. And that movie is actually it's being released with Quiet City. Is that right? The DVD is, is two discs? Yeah, exactly. It's a double disc set with uh, both films on it. Cool. Um, so we made that in 2004. That was right after I graduated. And um, uh, it took a long time to cut that film. Uh, and finally, we premiered at South by Southwest 2006. And um, after that festival, um, we you know had some more festivals, and some things were starting to happen. And um, uh, Brendan uh, McFadden, who's one of the producers on both films, uh, uh, and another friend that we went to school with, yeah, another friend who yeah also went to North Carolina School of the Arts, and um, 
know, we were talking one day and sort of talking about how it would be very easy to feel satisfied that we'd made one film and had some modest success with it and um, get sort of embroiled in all the things that needed to be done for that and um, not to make another thing. So um, he sort of encouraged me to get writing again, and uh, I did, and uh, started working on this thing uh, that ended up being really, really long and not very good. <laughs> we, uh, we still had, we had we had tentative plans to to make it in yeah. the fall, which was essentially the same time frame that we made Quiet City in. But uh-huh. uh, I was I was like just in the process of graduating school, and Aaron would would send me drafts of like the first act. Yeah. And he would get past the first act, but he never wanted to send me. He was never happy. He never wanted to send me anything past the first act. So I would just get all these revisions of the first act, and I never knew where it was going. And the the script ballooned to what? What was it like? Yeah, two hundred pages. Yeah, two hundred pages. I think it was uh, was at the time it got abandoned. Um, I, each time I tried to fix it, it was it, instead of working with what I had and you know maybe deleting things and improving them, it just added more and more pages and more and more characters. Uh, anyway. So I was feeling kind of dissatisfied with that, and I was on my way to another festival uh, in Chicago in August of 2006, and I was on a layover in an airport in Cincinnati, and uh, I was thinking about how dissatisfied I was um, with the script I was trying to write, and decided the best thing to do would just be to sort of cut my losses, get rid of that script, think, you know, good experience writing that, but but that it wasn't, um, it wasn't working out. Um, and uh, so I bought a blank notebook and uh, started from scratch on something new, which turned into Quiet City. And to combat some of the things that led to writing the bad script, um, mm-hmm. I made some rules for myself, uh, one of which was that I had to write at least 10 pages every day, and that it had to be all in one sitting, and uh, that once I started writing, I couldn't stop moving my pen or pencil, mm-hmm. and that also I, I, I wasn't uh, to look back at what I'd written until I came to the end of, or what felt like the end of a first draft. Um, and um, so that was the first draft of Quiet City. I wrote it in about a week and a half or so. Um, and um, yeah, just a couple months later, we shot it in, in uh, end of October 2006. And you shot it in, in New York City? Yeah, we shot it in Brooklyn. Yep. So what's the, what, what is the movie? Give, give me, just give the audience a gist of uh yeah, so the, the movie's about um, Jamie, uh, who's a girl from Atlanta, who comes to New York to visit her friend. Uh, first time in New York. Yeah, first time in New York. And um, unfortunately for her, she can't find her friend. Her friend's cell phone is uh, dead, and uh, all she knows is she's supposed to meet her friend at this uh, diner, uh, which she's having some trouble finding. So she asks the guy that she meets on the subway for directions to the diner. He walks her there, and it turns out her friend... Uh, isn't there, doesn't show up, and um, so she ends up hanging out with this guy over the course of 24 hours. Um, cool. And it's a so, so, sort of a romance, um, but also uh, you know, pretty uh, quiet, <laughs> as the name implies, <laughs> right. and it's not, a, it's not about uh, big romance, it's about yeah, sort of small, small things. Scale. Yeah. We have a friend a, uh, who had a very similar experience in New York. Uh, he went there by himself and uh, just met up with this uh, girl at the art institute, and wound up just kind of spending the weekend really? with her, and like went to concerts with her, and and it end and like uh, their little weekend together ended like in a subway sta- uh, no, not in a subway station, but like I think in I think in Times Square, and um, and I think he said something to the effect of like, well, you know, I'm probably never going to k- see you again, so uh, I think we should kiss or something, and they did, and it was, and I'm like people live this like people actually live this kind of life um so uh did they see each other again or was that that i think i think it's uh i think they've kept in touch i I believe she's from europe so Hmm. uh, she doesn't come over very often but uh it it, 
when I heard the the story of of uh, Quiet City, the first thing I thought was like, "Oh, my friend would love this," because he or maybe he'd be bored by it because he lived it, <laughs> seen it, so, yeah, <laughs> in life. So before we get on to the main topic, there are a couple things about Quiet City um, that I want to that I want to ask you guys about. First, um, you know, two people talking a lot, spending twenty four hours together. Uh, is going to draw obvious comparisons to Linklater and Before Sunrise. Do you guys embrace that or try to distance yourself from it? What do you guys think? Um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I, I, I have no problems with it. I don't, I don't think it's anything that we set out consciously uh, to do. Um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, comparisons have, have been made, but I don't think that particularly was was a, a, a conscious influence. Um, uh, I'm I like Before Sunrise, and um, I like sure. Before Sunset even more. Yeah, um, I like, I actually, it's, I'm it's not a big really, Before Sunrise fan, but, but I, I before love Sunset Before Sunset. Spectacular. Yeah, I and I'm, I like Slacker a lot, too. But uh, I guess what I'm wondering is, um, going in, you know, people seeing the film, do you find that they uh, they carry that with them? Do, do When people talk to you about the film after having seen it, or when people write reviews of the film, does that come up? Yeah, it comes up sometimes. Um, but I think, you know... Quiet City is different enough um, that that uh, it's something that usually gets mentioned, uh, if it, if at all, in in passing, and sure. um, sort of uh, mentioned as maybe a starting place for a way to to think about the film, if anything. The reviews that I've read, they do, um, you know, they that's kind of how they start their review. It's like, yes, this is kind of similar to that, but then they go on to that's like the last mention of it is that you know they say what david said it's like this may sound familiar to you <laughs> but and then they go on to review the movie itself and i think the fact that they that they don't just continue to compare it to that probably speaks uh volumes that uh they weren't just thinking it's like i've seen this before i'm bored by this like so yeah. hopefully you know it's you know because I, I haven't seen it i say hopefully but uh, so it <laughs> sounds negative but um you know just Hopefully, people that do rent the DVD and, and buy it uh, will just kind of accept it on its own terms. Yeah, I think the the main difference between Quiet City and, and Linklater films, um, though I like Linklater very much, is Linklater films are very written, and people, everyone's uh, sort of at a heightened level of cleverness mm-hmm. and um, wittiness and all that, and um, you know, which which I think works for him. But but I think Quiet City is much more. Um, natural and people's speech patterns are much more as people really speak than they are in the uh, link letters films well that brings me to the other thing i want to ask you about which is the uh quote unquote uh mumblecore uh movement i don't know if you if it uh, is called a movement but uh this film is usually mentioned uh when articles about mumblecore are written um this is definitely one of the films that comes up along with dance party usa so can you guys talk about Mumblecore, uh, do you do you like being uh, lumped in with this group, or do you distance yourself from it, or uh, and how does it affect uh, the reception of the film? And how and and how would you define sure. Mumblecore first, and then do you consider yourself to be that? Well, I think so, it's, yeah, that's a seven part question. I think. <laughs> uh, well, to start with the last part, uh, last part I, first. I think uh, it's it's certainly not something for us to define, and it's yeah. and and it's. It's not, you know, at least especially from our perspective, not not the filmmakers who who set out to define it in any in any sort of conscious way. I mean, we when we made Dance Party in two thousand four, we had heard of 
neither the, the filmmakers or the nor the films that that kind of have comprised this this thing. Um, and it was as much of a surprise, I think, to us as anyone when we showed up at South by Southwest, our first ever festival, and uh-huh. we didn't really know what we were doing. And or actually, I, w- I mean, I wasn't even there, but the movie showed up there, and and we kind of realized yeah, this is South by Southwest, Southwest two thousand six, two thousand six, dance party USA. Yeah, and when that when that you know got there, uh, we realized for the first time that while wow, there are actually other people that are out there doing similar things to to what we had done, which we really had no idea. We were just kind of making it out of necessity yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah, I think I think that's the way it happens. I don't think I don't yeah. think Truffaut in making Shoot the Piano Player was like, I'm going to make an impressionistic film. You know, he was just making a film and it was a part of this thing because that was sort of the consciousness among certain people in that that time and that place and that seems to be what's happening yeah. here too. Yeah, it's definitely um, a lot of it. I think comes out of technology and the availability uh, and increasing quality of relatively inexpensive technology. So um, people are able to make films that are very small and and, and personal and uh, financed by their own money. Um, and uh, and then yeah, I, 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 and then other than that, I think that um, the the other thing that links. Um, us together, um, the other people being Andrew Brzezowski, Joe Swanberg, Duplass Brothers, and a couple other people, um, is an interest in um, looking at human relationships, um, hopefully in a more truthful way, uh, and 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 looking at them as we see them in life, mm-hmm. rather than uh, looking at other movies and and sort of deriving ways of um, making a movie from that, you know. Uh, and this is an example of that. It's it, or it's not just human relationships either. It's also, for example, New York and Quiet City. One of our goals with Quiet City was to rather than make a film that interpreted New York in a way that we'd seen before and a way that it's shown in most movies about New York, to look at what I was really seeing and and what what um, the rest of everyone involved was really seeing and make a movie about that. Um, and sort of let it be influenced by what was really in front of us rather than trying yeah. to make it like something else. That's what uh, it seems like uh, this term mumblecore, while it could be seen as derogatory, you know, because uh, mumbling is something that, uh, I don't know, losers and slackers do or whatever. But it does uh, connotate uh, a, a, a certain uh, freeform uh, approach, whereas it, it doesn't seem like you guys are imposing narrative on characters but almost sort of the other way around yeah exactly yeah the narrative definitely comes out of interaction between people yeah okay so i think uh we understand what mumblecore is i i, I do uh, okay well, i don't know if we covered all seven parts was, 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 <laughs> was there any other uh... i i forgot so um <clears throat> we we've we've gotten to know aaron and reed here so uh let's let's get into it shall we what we want to talk about um is uh, well, really, what we want to hear from from Reed and Aaron about is is the uh, independent film festival sort of circuit. What it, what it, what it's uh, what it's like. What's good about it. What's bad about it. Because uh, I haven't certainly Tyler and I haven't had any films in, in festivals. Uh, so I, I think uh, people are interested to hear about it. So all right, are you throwing it to me? I'm throwing it to you. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, uh, all right, hang on now, hang on. Take I was away, not expecting. Tyler. I was not expecting to have the the first uh, the first question. But um, all right, so you made you made Quiet City. Now, how do you go about? Just I guess I guess I'll just start off with the beginning of the process. How do you go about getting it into festivals? Um, well, with Quiet City, it was a little bit different than with my first film. Okay. Um, so maybe I'll start with that. Okay. Um, with, with Dance Party USA, um, 
we made it without being really sure um, what to do with it. And I certainly had no idea how to navigate the festival world. Um, we didn't really learn anything about that at school. No, it was, it, in fact, it was always something they even talked about at school. Like, they were like, we should learn. I, probably the most, you know, the most uh, accomplished and, and famous alum from the film school that we went to is, is David Gordon Green. And I think our dean used to even talk about how when David came back after achieving, you know, some success with like George Washington and, yeah. and all the real girls and everything, the dean asked him, so what, what did you not learn at, at NCSA that would be most beneficial to you or that we should start teaching students? And I think even David said, um, learn, learning more about the film festival world and how to kind of like navigate that, that circuit. And so that was always mentioned, but we never really delved into it. Maybe they're doing it more so now because yeah. our school actually hosts a, uh, the River Run International Film Festival every year now, so they might be a little more in in depth. But um, yeah, but yeah, we we didn't really have an, a, a concept of specific steps that w- we should take. Yeah. So yeah. So without much of an idea of what I was doing, um, uh, like I said earlier, it took a long time to cut the film. So sometime in um, I guess mid two thousand five or late two thousand five, uh, the film was getting close to being done. Uh, Dance party was. And um, so I started submitting it. I submitted to Sundance uh, and Slamdance uh, and uh, did not get in. And, you know, I didn't really know what festivals to submit to, so I just did ones yeah, that I'd the heard stuff of. that we had heard of. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, and so I submitted Sundance, Slamdance, and then South by Southwest had a deadline coming up. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just submit to South by Southwest. And um, I did, and, and uh, we got in. Um, and I got a call sometime in December. Um, uh, pretty, 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 like, like uh, right before Christmas, I had a call one morning from Matt Dentler, who's the programmer there, and he was like, "Oh, I saw your film last night and really, really liked it, and you know, we want to invite you to South by Southwest." And I, I kind of at the time, I, I, I was, I just sort of couldn't believe it because it just felt like I was sending films into a black hole, and I was surprised, <laughs> you know, surprised that in a way it didn't feel like anyone was even watching, you know what I mean? Because he had no interaction with anything to do with a festival, and it feels very distant. Um, so we got into South by Southwest. Um, and that really paved the way to um, get into other festivals with Dance Party USA. Um, but again, we didn't know exactly what we were doing, so we didn't take advantage necessarily of all the opportunities. Um, but we did do a few more festivals, and then we did a, a brief uh, theatrical run in New York um, uh, and uh, in, in uh, Portland, which is where I'm from. Um, but then with um, with Quiet City, you know, knowing a little bit more about how, how it all works and also having some contacts in the festival world, um, we were able to um, do do some more festivals, and and in this case, it was like uh, we premiered again at South by Southwest uh, 2007. And instead of just submitting cold like with Dance Party, um, I'd sort of talked with Matt about the the project in advance, and he sort of knew to be on the lookout for it, and ended up submitting a rough cut to him, and so he was able to look at look at a cut that was you know not sound mixed and not yeah. color corrected and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, the whole thing was a very accelerated process, similar to how. Uh, Aaron ended up writing the the script, um, like you said, he wrote it in like a week, and literally just a month or two later, we were we were all in New York shooting, and we shot the whole thing over the course of seven days. And by the time we finished, it was like a week into November, and you 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 had a rough cut by the end of November. Yeah, right? I had a rough so, cut by the end of November. Out. Yeah, um, and then you know there's immediate deadline, and then South by was in in March, so yeah. it was you know pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. So going around to, to festivals, um, uh, what, what's, what's, what's good about them, what's fun about them, both from an audience perspective and from a, a filmmaker uh, perspective? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, 
especially with Quiet City. I, I think all of us had a very good time at festivals. Um, yeah, it was it was a blast. <laughs> yeah, and and it was good with dance party. I often found myself at festivals alone, um, or or um, it really, I think South by Southwest was the only festival where just where it was more than just me. Mm. Oh, and and we also did the uh, Woodstock. Um, and that one, a couple other people came too, but. With uh, Quiet City, we had a whole bunch of people who came to a lot of the festivals. And it was very, I don't know, it was great to, because, you know, the the sort of particular group of people who made that the film were all sort of friends from before, or at least acquaintances, but our only experiences, like, being really close with each other was during this one week where we made Quiet City. Um, and it was very intense, and it was all, you know, we were all making the film. So it was great to get a chance to reunite with people who we had this uh very particular experience with and and um yeah the festival experience for us was very much an extension i think of how of how we made the movie um because we all stayed in like one apartment well with the exception of chris lankenau the the male lead in in quiet city because he lived in brooklyn so he could just stay at his place um but uh, we, we all slept on the floor. We brought in, like, air mattresses and just all in one cramped, like, yeah. in New York apartment. And, uh, and, and over the course of a week, I mean, it ended up feeling like, uh, you know, a month's worth of work given how yeah. the close quarters and how much time we ended up spending with each other. And so it really was like a family unit kind of traveling around. To, yeah. uh, and the best festivals were always the ones that the, the most people could attend. Yeah, and um, we would all cram into the same hotel room, yeah. <laughs> either because, you know, if it was up to us to pay for the hotel room, we only wanted to pay for one, right. so there'd be like seven of us in the hotel room, or or usually the festival would pay for, you know, one hotel room, and then we would We're like, get well, we're bringing one, everybody. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so 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 we had a really and good... And made the Q&As and everything fun, too, because everybody was there, and, you know, people could field any question, any type of question that the audience might throw out, and they could get a specific answer from you know someone's perspective who worked on that aspect in the movie yeah um and then we actually had this disastrous screening at the maryland film festival which is a, a really good film festival so i don't want to give the impression sure. that 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 they uh messed stuff up but uh they uh our tape was temporarily uh missing um so uh <laughs> So, inst- uh, you know, the short before our film ran, and then it was just black on screen. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't even know once the program started. So we were just sitting there, like, patiently waiting for the, uh, the feature to start up after the short. And, yeah. And just <laughs> nothing for, for a while. Yeah, so long, long story short, uh, after a few minutes, I, I uh, wrangled up a screener DVD that I had in my bag. But it was a home-burned DVD that I'd had for a while. It was kind of scratchy. And uh, the audience was so that the, and plus it's a DVD, so of course it's lower quality yeah. than the beta tape that they would have played. And uh, you know, about maybe, you know, with ten minutes left in the movie, it just got to look, be so glitchy that the audience couldn't watch the uh, the rest of the movie. So, but, so we uh, just stopped it, and <laughs> every I mean, everyone was uh, was kind enough to to stick around, and and you know, we had a. One of, one of the most fun Q&As yeah, I, think, I think we ever did with the so film. So how, how many awards did you win at the Maryland Film Festival? <laughs> None, zero. <laughs> um, is there an award, uh, an award for uh, good intentions? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think there okay. is. It's the uh, participation. Okay. Uh, it, was, it, it was certainly the most casual Q&A that we did, though. Like, people stuck around, and there was a little stage. Uh, cause it was in, like, a, a lecture. It was a, like yeah, a like community a, college lecture hall or yeah. something like that. And so they had, a like, a projector screen, I think, that they had pulled down. Or maybe it was an actual... Maybe it was an actual screen, and uh, so we just got up on the stage, and we basically like 
we were a little depressed that you know the, the movie didn't finish. But so we just sat down cross-legged on the stage and just had like this really like kind of intimate chat with with the audience because they were in like real close proximity. And yeah, and it ended up being actually a very fun conversation. Yeah, it was uh, just, with them. Yeah, and those are the best Q and As because I think oftentimes Q and As end up being like sort of an audience asks a question and then we sort of answer it and that's that and you know then the next question gets asked and it's not too much of a back and forth you don't know too much of why you know why the audience member is asking the question yeah. or where they're coming from and so i think in this case and a couple others uh and increasingly i also try and ask questions back to the audience because i'm also interested to know where they're coming from and and um and to make it more of a discussion rather than just us answering questions so um i think Mar- maryland was a good example of that um, so that was one good thing about okay. film festivals to answer your question. Another good thing is that you end up uh, hanging out with a lot of other filmmakers and um, other people involved with you know other you know actors and stuff like that um, who come to these festivals and uh, it's very uh, it's very inspiring to to talk to other people about you know you know everyone works in a different way and it's very cool to to get to hear about the different ways that people work and and um, uh, it feels like. Uh, uh, there's very much a community of, of independent filmmakers who are at these festivals, um, and uh, you, you know you end up the same people from yeah you end up seeing the same people yeah, very much at so. uh, lots of different festivals and um, you sort of share experiences and uh, yeah I think it's a very nice um, not it's not really a compet you know of course everyone wants to do well with their film but it's not it doesn't feel competitive it doesn't feel like people are trying to best each other it feels like everyone's there to sort of support each other and and be encouraging and it's exciting as a as a screening forum like not just for the audience but also for the filmmakers not only do you get to socially interact with with other artists and other filmmakers but it's it's a forum to actually get to view each other's work when yeah you know there's there's really no other place where like even though there were other people at the same time out there doing similar things that we were doing on on dance party like working on a similar scale we never would have known it or we never would have yeah. found any of that stuff if we hadn't been able to go to a festival and get to see each other's work because right now that's uh i mean there are there are few forums for independent films of that nature um to be shown in the u.s it's it's a it's the best time ever to make an independent film and the worst time ever to uh distribute it yeah <laughs> Also, there's another good thing: lots of free food. Oftentimes uh, at film festivals, actually, and, uh, we should we should talk about the filmmaker lounge at, <laughs> at, at the Bo- the Boston uh, the Independent Film Festival of Boston had had by far the best filmmakers lounge that we ran into. Um, I mean, it was uh, we'll, a, uh, run us through it. Uh, it, it, it was the it best, was a place that Connect was, Four there. Connect Four. <laughs> Connect Four was a big right. big hit. Yeah. And I that mean, game with the wind up game with the fish, you uh, yeah, the little magnetic oh, fishing yeah. pole, yeah. and it, awesome. it was sure. it was just a place that was so conducive for exactly what we were just describing, like like interacting and socializing with with other filmmakers, and you know, getting to find out about their films and their screenings, and just talk about uh, just stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's there's food and snacks and. Uh, water and, and i drank a lot of vitamin water and smart water it seemed like they they sponsored just about every festival that we went to i think yeah yeah there's a lot of smart water on here <laughs> <laughs> um well i i actually so like have you found that most like how many how many festivals have you guys uh been to for quiet city. for quiet city thank you probably mm, 12 12 or 15 maybe mm. by now actually most recently we just uh or Aaron just uh, took this thing international and uh, yeah. went, went overseas and uh, 
Well, you went to Amsterdam at least because we played in Amsterdam, and then we also played at Sweden, which which you didn't Stockholm. go to. It, yeah. yeah, Stockholm. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it to the Stockholm festival, but yeah, we played in a festival in Amsterdam, and then Dance Party actually played at a festival in Slovenia. Oh, cool! Um, that I went to that was very very fun, and that the festival was a really really cool festival. Unfortunately, I was there for a very short period of time, but they had lots of great films that I wish I could have seen. Um, and have you found that most of them? Like, you know, you just described just uh, the good things about them, the, the kind of the camaraderie that you feel with, with the other people there. I mean, do you ever find that there's, you know, some festivals you go to where there, it just it seems like nobody's having fun. Everyone's there, you know, for business and everyone is there just uh, like what are some of the I guess what I'm asking is, you know, along with the positives, there have to be some negative experiences as well. And without necessarily you know, trash talking any particular festival, um, you know, what, what are some of the, you know, some of the frustrating parts of it? Well, I mean, there are some, there are some festivals that are certainly more, uh, like buyer's markets, mm-hmm. um, where some people might be trying to sell their, and I, I don't mean that as a negative in, in any sense. It's just like some festivals are, are, are different from others in that mm-hmm. way. Some are just very, very intimate and just all about the, the, you know, uh, festival audience experience uh, and just getting giving them a chance to to see these movies and for for filmmakers to show their work and others are for you know making distribution deals yeah um, i think and south by southwest is a good combination of both yeah, south by very southwest much so. is very informal and intimate and also good um some sort of a good uh, business e festival um but to answer your question um Maybe one negative thing is that um, I think that you can sort of go overboard with the festivals and mm-hmm. feel like you're kind of doing something and then your whole world gets to be these film festivals, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it doesn't happen too much for us, but I feel like a couple more festivals uh, in the same period of time and uh, and it would have started to feel like... I don't know. You you you'd stop living normal life, and you're only living like you're going from festival to festival, and and I don't know, like I don't know. It gets to be like you you find yourself at very similar parties time time mm. and again, you know, and and you, I think you can find yourself sort of talking about nothing if you're not careful. Well, um, <clears throat> do you view the festivals as uh, uh, like a step towards something? And if if Quiet City plays the festival circuit too much do you feel like the film would you would you feel like if that happened if you hadn't got the dvd release at this point like that was like the, the, the festivals this, itself were the end right like, like it had you if would do you think it would feel like you would sort of stagnated or or is mm-hmm. or is that enough on its own just to play a bunch of festivals well the festivals i think are a good end gun to themselves to, to me the most important thing is for people to um have a chance to see see the film and to interact with it and have responses to it so however that's possible um i feel pretty good about that um but but also the festivals uh were an important step to um to our dvd distribution and then also we did a small self-release theatrically we played in new york and a few other cities um and certainly without um, the festivals and some of the positive press that we got out of those, um, I think that wouldn't have been as possible. Um, so, so I think you know, the answer is both, that, that they're good unto themselves and they can pave the way for other good things. Um, especially South by Southwest, I think, is, uh, was a, bi- a big part of our getting um, a DVD distributor. So... Uh to change the topic, another question I have about the about the festivals, particularly something maybe smaller than South by Southwest, festivals that are are sort of programmed by usually by a pretty small committee. You know, usually like one or a few people, right? So, do you feel how, 
how much can you tell that the taste of the programmer has influenced the choices, and can that be a good thing or a bad thing or both? What do you think? <laughs> um, uh, hmm, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's sort of uh, the uh, um, the question is answered differently for for different um, kinds of festivals because there's some festivals who um, pretty much only do premieres or um, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe play bigger movies uh, that aren't so necessarily we ran into. Yeah, so there's some that just won't play it. Like mm-hmm. at, you know that if you premiere at South, South by, by, then you're not going to be at Tribeca because Tribeca only wants premieres. Right. Um, I, think, I actually think that the LA festival, the film festival here, is very much the the same way. I think I think yeah. they'll do they'll do some things that yeah. are premieres, but they're, but, they're but largely premier oriented. Yeah. The and LA AFI, festival or AFI? It both. The, both. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but but you know they're not. They will still play stuff. But once you've premiered somewhere. Uh, at a bigger festival than yeah. than you're really um and the more festivals you play the less other big festivals want to want to play stuff but then there's um the so there's probably you know uh in the US maybe 8 or 10 kind of bigger festivals like that LA AFI New York Film Festival New Directors New Films South by etc a couple others um and um and then there's the sort of regional festivals who um who will play um, a lot of stuff that you know is not a premiere? Have very few premieres, but have a lot of um, really good programming. Um, and some of those sort of have, like we found at um, at uh, uh, Independent Film Festival Boston, that that a good portion of stuff was uh, stuff we recognized from South by Southwest. Um, and uh, some festivals are more documentary heavy um, and have sort of a you know maybe a political doc uh, uh-huh. kind of uh, slant to them. And um, yeah. And not everything's just about original work either. I mean, so some of the best uh, some of the best festival experiences I've I've had going um, over the course of this last year, making the rounds with with Quiet City, was just the stuff that I wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. I saw um, I saw Syndromes in a Century at, at the Maryland Film Festival. Maryland, um, even though I didn't see it there, Maryland the Maryland Film Festival was also showing uh, Killer of Sheep, which oh, which right. I got to see in New York, and that I mean that's the <laughs> the, 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 the what did you call it the, the cinema cin- event? cinematic event of the year <laughs> I, I, I think I said <laughs> yeah Killer of Sheep is uh, yeah I encourage anyone to see it that's a really great film have you guys seen I haven't seen it. It, it it played very briefly here. yeah it played yeah. at the it. Uh, at the New Art at the New Art yeah, yeah. Um, it's really incredible newly out on DVD yeah, yeah. Well, the, now, the whole the, my Netflix the cute, Charles Burnett so. collection yeah just out <laughs> la- last Tuesday well a couple months ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple. That's right. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Listening to this a couple months ago. Um, yeah, we filmed this on, uh, or we recorded this on January twenty sixth. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, we're very current. Um, now, I was. There's been kind of a sort of a in the you know hip trendy film community. Uh, there has been a a big backlash against uh, you know the larger festivals like Sundance and that sort of thing. Um, and frankly, I don't really. I don't really follow follow festival stuff. Like, why has there been uh, that backlash? And this is a question for all three of you. Oh, for me too. That's right, dude. Well, let's uh, the, let the experts. yeah. I can talk to you anytime. Right. What am I talking about? <laughs> let the theories fly. I mean, well, let's, how, how do you I guys mean, feel about about Sundance? Yeah, yeah. Let's start with that. I guess I feel fine with Sundance. I mean, the, the I mean, Sundance still plays a lot of you know really great films and and a lot of. I mean, one of the one of the the, the films that follow that you know we kind of followed around on the the festival circuit the entire almost all the festivals we played at also uh showed 
uh, Craig Zobel's uh, Great World of Sound. Yeah. And I mean, that, that premiered at Sundance and played, you know, almost all of the same festivals that, that we did. And I think, um, who was it? Someone for the, the New York Times, it, it might have been. It might have been Manola Dargis wrote an article right after Sundance about uh, like forgotten films at Sundance and and some of the great films at Sundance that didn't get the attention mm-hmm. as a lot of the the movies that you know made big deals uh, there. And I think she highlighted uh, Great World of Sound as a, a prime example yeah. of, a, of a quality film that kind of got lost in the shuffle. So certainly there They're are there. still good films there, but do you feel like they get they get pushed aside? Well, I, th- I feel like the main criticism of some of the bigger festivals, like Sundance, and um, and and the criticism been leveled against Tribeca as well, um, is that they show films that are essentially uh, smaller studio films in disguise. Films that have, you know, I, th- I think Little Miss Sunshine would be the yeah. prime example of something that most of most Americans would probably think of as an independent film right. um, but it's actually a film that you know cost who, who knows how much money and, and stars, stars celebrities well known <laughs> actors yeah. yeah another one that actually played at Sundance this year was Year of the Dog which I worked on and I can tell you I went to Paramount every day it wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't I mean they're, they're, they're movies that are tailor made to be to be bought by you know a boutique branch of some studio and, and that, I mean that's fine and there's certainly a place for that and there there actually does need I mean, it is necessary to have a forum for people to go and find those movies and to to buy those movies and make those deals for them to be seen. Um, there's, you know, there needs to be a place for for everything. So yeah, and but, I th- but I'm saying a movie like Year of the Dog. I mean, that's a Paramount movie. That's right. already got. It's going to get distribution. Oh, and yeah, yet it plays there anyway. That's what yeah, you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is, it, yeah. is that pushing aside the the better films with who need the chance? Yeah, I th- you know. Yeah, I think that it, that is somewhat true, but at this point, Sundance kind of is it is what it is, um, mm, yeah. and I think that it still has a you know a positive positive role, and and it does program some smaller films, and I sometimes think it is frustrating that that um, you know uh, larger films that maybe don't need it um, play there, but at the same time, you know, I don't know, I, it's 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 a I think it's a good forum for for that film too, uh, for your you know you're the dog potentially too because. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a film that, although it is, you know, it's a Paramount film, it's mm-hmm. a smaller film, and it really ne- it needs critical support. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't seen the film, but it, but it needs the critical support to get to to make it work for Paramount to be able to make. Again, I haven't seen it, but uh, you know, hopefully it's good, <laughs> and to, for Paramount to be able to make films uh, <laughs> films uh, that are a little bit smaller, and other companies to be able to make films that are smaller, and for the international festivals that show more like. Um, highly, you know, highly regarded, famous like art film directors. You know, film, festivals like you know Tribeca and Venice and and uh, Berlin and stuff like that. You know, I think those are important forums too for you know Lars von Trier and whoever right. to premiere their new work. Now, wasn't there a? You know, I can't remember which one, but wasn't there a large festival where the movie that kicked off the festival was Spider Man Three? Yeah, that was Tribeca. Tribeca that was Tribeca. Yeah. Does that? And last year it that, was Poseidon, I think. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Does that bother you? Like, I mean, these are, I mean, you're the dog, like, that is a studio film, but these I mean, are, I mean. Yeah, yeah that, I, I mean, that, that, that strikes me as, as a little absurd. I, I think in some instances with some festivals, it's, it's sometimes beneficial to have something that's going to be a big draw for people. Uh, it makes the, the festival higher profile, higher profile, and that also benefits the, the smaller filmmakers who are, happen to be at the festival. I know at, at South by Southwest, I mean, we've talked uh, South by Southwest up a lot because we had such a great experience there. But I mean, they also showed 
uh, knocked up uh, premiered at, at South by Southwest and, and uh, Disturbia. Uh, Disturbia. Disturbia also played there. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I didn't see at South by, but I saw Disturbia eventually, and uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Disturbia. Well, speaking of Spider Man 3 and stuff, people think premiering at film festivals, you were talking about uh, premieres, you know, festivals that look for premieres. I remember reading. Um, uh, I, uh, it was uh, Scott Founders from the LA Weekly, and I think he was writing about LA Film Festival, possibly AFI. But he was saying that the the search for premieres sometimes sometimes the movie being a premiere became more important than it being good. Mm, yeah, have you found that? I'm, it's hard for me to say. I don't, yeah, because we're, we're not in on the decision making process, so you can only so you can only speculate. But I'm saying, you, like you see films that are premieres, and, and do you think that the that, that, that I mean, are, are some I don't, know, it, don't deserve it, to be there. It's you know it's hard for me to say. I don't. I'd like I, again. Like I, I would just be speculating as to as to what goes into thing. You know, it, and it's there's sort of no accounting for taste. So I see films at festivals that I think are great, and I see films yeah. that I hate. And you know, it's hard for me to say why they play there. You know, mm-hmm. so I you know I don't, I'm not really sure. Okay. Well, it's been forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess already. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of fly by. Yeah. We're just um, so fascinating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I. yeah. I mean, you know, time flies when you're having fun talking about festivals. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the DVD, it's Quiet City and Dance Party USA. Yeah. On Benton Films. Benton Films. Uh, Available anywhere DVDs are sold uh, and on Netflix. <laughs> anywhere. On Netflix? So, like, I could get a Walmart. Well, maybe not Walmart, but, <laughs> okay. but Best Buy, Borders, Barnes um, & Noble, anywhere like that. Okay. Amazon.com. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Go check it out. All right. Cool. So, um, uh, uh, and then Quiet City has is there, has MySpace page. Is there is there a website? Is it, there there is a web. The website is uh, perhaps poorly subpar, maintained. Poor, poorly maintained. <laughs> and, uh, MySpace updated. is probably the best way to get up, uh, updated information. And uh, MySpace dot com slash Quiet City Movie. Quiet City Movie. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, then, well, this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, thank thanks you for, for coming on the show. Really very much. Feel enlightened. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll get you next time, listeners. Bye. Bye.